Welcome to the Taproom PostNet Podcast. I am Delta04, and we will be covering the Nets topic of the week. Welcome, y'all. I am Delta04, located in the Redoubt of the South. This is Tapron Postnet Podcast, episode 14-05. Every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern, Tapron has an amateur radio HF net. The primary purpose for the net is to promote self-reliance and preparedness in all aspects of modern life. The goal of the net is to share and disseminate information that can help everyone achieve individual independence and self-reliance. During the net, we'll have a topic of the evening. So this podcast is a summary of the combined knowledge our check-ins share during the Tapern net. If y'all have questions about Tapern, feel free to go to the following website, www.amron.com. Phonetically, that's www.alpha-mike-romeo-romeo.com. OscarNovember.com. In the beginning of this year, the Amron Group and Tapron Group merged, so you can find Tapron information, including the net schedule and frequency, at the Amron site. All right, y'all, let's take a quick break, and then I'll provide y'all a net check-in report, and then we'll finally cover the July 6th Tapron Net topic. And we're back. For July 6, 2014, Tapern had a total of 30 check-ins from the following states. Four from South Carolina, four from Florida, three from Kentucky, three from Ohio, three from New York, three from Virginia, two from Alabama, two from Georgia, one from Michigan, one from Indiana, one from North Carolina, one from Oklahoma, and one from Texas. And last but not least, we had one check-in from Ontario, Canada. Thanks, everyone, for checking in. Our topic of the evening was lessons learned from field day. Everyone who attended field day seemed to enjoy themselves, even though the first part of the event was not the best of conditions. But there is one thing for sure. When you get a bunch of hams together, no matter what, you are definitely in for a good old time. The common theme from the lessons learned was be ready to adapt to change. One thing field day always proves is no matter how much you prepare for the event, you will always run into situations that need to be resolved. Like the military saying goes, improvise, adapt, and overcome. There was a group that had a perfect location on a slight hill, good working transceivers, and great antennas, but that whole first day they were not able to make many contacts on any HF bands. That same group found out about another group, only 25 miles down the road, who was racking up contacts left and right. So their lessons learned was HF conditions can vary widely from point to point, even when the distance is small in a relatively flat area of Florida. Is there much you can do about it? After exhausting all possible errors, just be patient like this group did. Around midnight, the conditions drastically improved and they were back in business. Another group set up in a location along their local river walkway that would be great for attracting several non-ham visitors. But since the area was small, they had too many stations set up in a limited space, which made it difficult to make contacts without interfering with each other. 
That brings up a good point. If you have a section in your house that you plan to use as the e-comms area and you have the luxury of having more than one operator on comms watch at a time, consider having headphones for each operator and try to space the operators out a bit. If you plan on only one operator and you have more than one rig, practice monitoring the rigs at the same time. Both situations take some getting used to. This other ham radio club got permission to do field day at their local fire station. It turned out their fire department lead stopped by to check out their ham club, which piqued the interest of the fire department and the local 911 center. The local paper did an article on their event, and the next thing they know, the county is getting funding to set up both a VHF-UHF radio and an HF radio at their local hospital and E911 center. So you never know where field day may lead to spreading the word about how ham operators can help your local community when a disaster happens. Quite a few folks gained experience building various wire antennas, repairing all types of antennas, and of course, the extra fun part, putting them up in tall trees. Whether it is the vertical J-pole, horizontal dipole, G5RV, off-center fed dipole, or home-built beam antennas, there's a slight learning curve to building these beautiful structures that hang in our skies. Most of them are not hard to build, but search the internet for the particular one you are interested in building. There are several great sites and books that walk you through step-by-step on how to build all sorts of antennas. Even if you have no interest in building your own antenna, my advice to hams who do not know how to solder, get some basic soldering equipment, and learn. It doesn't matter whether it's the electric model that you can conveniently use near a plug-in or the butane model that you can use out in the field. Learn to solder all sorts of connectors to different size wires and don't forget to learn how to splice two wires together. Those two skills alone could save you in an emergency situation. For example, if your wire antenna breaks due to high winds from a nasty thunderstorm, you can solder it back together. If a connector breaks off from a highly used cable, guess what? you can solder it back together. After that, if you find you enjoy soldering, you can venture into the small stuff like building kits. Quick story, you know how I learned to solder on a circuit board? I went to a ham fest this year, sat next to an eight-year-old at a free kit building class, and built a battery-operated flashing LED light kit. A kit for ages 6 to 12, mind you. And yes, that eight-year-old actually had better solders than I did. But you know what? I had fun. I learned a lot. And it gave me the confidence to later successfully build my own KX1 QRP CW transceiver. My point being, if I can learn to solder all sorts of items, anyone can. Another lesson learned is having a good toolbox with you. In addition to soldering equipment, make sure to have tools that can cut and strip wire, in addition to crimping various connectors. Don't forget screwdrivers, wrenches, electrical tape, wire, various connectors, heat shrink, spare coax, a few different adapters, and nuts, bolts, and washers. If you are just starting out, obviously getting all this spare equipment at once can cost. So just build your ham radio toolbox a little at a time and it won't seem like such a big financial burden. And don't forget a headlamp and batteries. It might sound silly, but when you are the only one up at 2 a.m. during field day or an emergency situation and you hear thunder off in the distance, guess who may need to quickly take down that portable antenna? You guessed it. You are. And it will be much easier to take down with two free hands than either fumbling around while trying to also hold a flashlight or worse yet, not having any light at all. A few folks discussed learning how to use the typical tools used to get antennas into the trees. 
There are three popular methods. You can find someone with a good throwing arm and toss a weighted rope as high as possible. Even though it's not the quickest or most effective and accurate, it does work. Or you can learn to use a couple of tools mentioned, a slingshot with fishing line, like an easy hang, or a PVC antenna launcher, which uses compressed air. Go back to your days of being a kid and think potato launcher, folks. Both tools have obvious warnings for them, so if you are interested in purchasing or building one, please do your research and decide whichever best fits your needs. Preparation is everything, and one group did just that. They had five 15-watt solar panels plus batteries to run their rigs, and then as a backup, they also had a 6,500-watt generator. You never know when you could have consecutive extremely cloudy days and end up not being able to charge up your batteries as much as needed. But even if that group had several days of storms or extremely cloudy weather, they were prepared with their generator as well. Another example of that group being prepared, the wind picked up quite a bit where this group was at, which was causing some issues with the antennas, but after they added some guy wires, they were set. Speaking of sudden bad weather, don't forget to secure any canopies and tents. Trust me, you do not want to get stuck in a situation where an afternoon pop-up thunderstorm quickly rolls up on you while you are packing up for field day, and because you didn't have sandbags holding down your canopy, you come back to notice your canopy has moved over three feet and is fixing to become airborne again. So next thing you know, you and your mom become human sandbags holding on to a metal frame in between lightning strikes. Talk about one of those moments that is funny after the fact. About the best preparation you can do is check your portable gear every once in a while, and if required, do some general maintenance right then. Make sure you remember how to hang that antenna and operate that rig you might not use every day. If you've added a skill like digital or CW, make sure the equipment you plan to hook up to on your portable rig actually works. With that said, I would like to remind everyone, Amron is having T-Rex August 22nd through the 24th. This will be another opportunity to practice your e-com skills. If interested, you can go to www.amron.com and click on the T-Rex logo. I'll also post a link. Well, I hope this information was helpful for y'all. Whether it is simply remembering to have patience when band conditions are bad or learning a whole new skill set like soldering so you can make repairs, we can all gain insight by listening to each other's lessons learned, no matter what the subject is. All right, y'all, that is all for this episode. A special thanks to those who checked into the net and provided us all the great information to share. God bless everyone. Until next week, this is Delta Zero Four, clear. Clear.